0: Hi, friends, and welcome to the Be Nourished podcast, where we talk about the nourishing things in life, relationships, food, jobs, dreams, and everything in between. Happy Tuesday, friends. You know, it is such an honor to interview people. I have truly loved every minute of it. It it never gets old. But this, to me, almost feels like a full circle moment because today we have Amanda Underwood, who is one of my dear, dear friends. She and I have known each other about four years now. Um, But she has really walked with me through so many things in life, hard things, good things. And now that we live uh, many states away, we still talk almost every day. So she truly is such a special friend. And it's crazy to think that now I'm interviewing her for my podcast. Amanda wears many hats. Um, She's a therapist. She's a wife. She's a dog and cat mom. Um, But most recently, she's really jumped into body positivity. And we talk about that today. But really, we talk about just her journey of going from Arkansas to Oklahoma to Seattle and everything that she's learned along the way. We touch on a lot of things that she's experienced and some hard things that she's gone through, which again, um, we could talk for hours and hours and hours and hours and it would still never be enough. So she's such a treasure and I just, I know you're going to love this today. You guys, please help me welcome Amanda Underwood. So welcome to the podcast. So happy to have you here. Dying over it actually
1: excited to be a part of this with
0: you. This episode is really special to me because Amanda is one of my dear friends and she has walked with me through I mean just crazy stuff. We've only known each other for what I mean what's what year are we in 2018? Yeah like four years. Like four-ish years but I mean she's been in my wedding. She truly is one of my dearest friends and this podcast has been something that I've wanted to do, and I've watched her start her podcast, which we're gonna talk about later. But it, she has really been such a support and encouragement, such a good friend. I am so excited for this episode, mostly because, I mean, I could talk to Amanda about like paint drying, and I feel like we could make it a conversation. So this it's is, true. I'm very pumped. So Amanda, I've told everybody just a little bit about you, but go ahead and share who you are. Yeah, so, um
1: amanda as allison has said um i am an arkansas native um that has been transplanted in seattle washington uh i'm married and i have a cat and a dog those are the only children at the moment <laughs> um, they count for oh, yeah. um so uh yeah so i you know allison and i met in grad school work in the mental health field i'm not a practicing therapist at the moment but I'm a residential counselor and I work um at a facility for women who are in recovery and they have their children um and uh, I feel like a lot of my life right now looks like just doing a lot of work <laughs> which you know we're gonna I know we're gonna talk more about grad school later but it kind of started there and um or really started there big time and um it, it just feels like it's a continuing saga of my life. And, and right now that looks like um, becoming a more vulnerable person, um, embracing um, body positivity. Um, it looks like doing a lot of trauma therapy, reading some hard books, crying a lot, mm-hmm. you know, e- eating the cake, as we like to say. Oh, yes. Um, and um, just really embracing um, being where I'm at. Uh, which is physically in a big city, um, which we've been here for over two almost yeah over two years now, which is wow,
0: insane. That is insane. Yeah. It's
1: insane. Um, and uh, just embracing the, the life of this area and the culture that's here, and um, and it also just looks like um, learning to be I don't know I guess as I would nourished, <laughs> yeah. nourished and satisfied um, where I'm at and with who I am right now.
0: Mm. Oh, yeah i so you mentioned grad school, and i I definitely think that's a good place to launch um and it's It's crazy to think uh, about other people going to grad school like when people say, Yeah, I went to grad school, it's hard for me to imagine grad school without just feeling like a punch to the gut <laughs> because yeah, my gosh. our grad school experience we both went to grad school for marriage and family therapy um yeah. and it the the school we went to specifically focused on if you're going to be a good therapist, you're going to be a good person first. And I mean, it's true. And I could not imagine learning any other way. But at the same time, I think we can both say that we had to deal with some stuff that we had not dealt with or didn't know we needed to deal with. So we both, we met in grad school at a very critical time and I think really became good friends through an experience that was tough, but also because in, in our grad school, they, they just did not allow for any shenanigans. Like, you were going to get deep, and you were going to yeah. talk about it, and at any point in class, they could call you out on something, and that was so hard. But yeah, in class, in front of everybody. In front of everybody, which we had a small... I mean, our, our cohort was, what, 10 people, maybe? 12 people. 12, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. still, I mean, that's not... It's not a small number, so... No, no, it was dark. I mean, like if you were,
1: if you were super lucky, you got called out in supervision when there was like maybe four people. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> would if you. You were super unlucky. Yes. You got called out in in front of with everybody. The, with the first and second years. <laughs> oh my gosh. I forgot about that. That's so true. Yeah. Yeah. It, it really was just a constant. I mean, would you say that's true for your experience? Just like a constant gut-wrenching like you just never knew what they were going to call out on you and it was so good because we needed to but it I mean imagine putting probably 10 years of therapy condensed into two years of not only are you doing school but you're also like upheavaling I don't know if that's a word but yeah upheavaling your life I mean would you say that's true for you was that a big overhaul for you oh yeah definitely I mean I had done some therapy work before
1: um but going into the that the program, quote unquote, as mm-hmm. we all call it. Everybody who went to this went to the school we always called this grad program, the program,
0: which feels which a little we, bit like the FBI or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, like we're
1: witness protection in the program. Yes.
0: Um, but yeah, I know it
1: was it was intense. Um uh, there's really None, there's, I mean, i we've been out of school now for a little while and there's nothing else like it. Mm. You know, there's, there's no other experience that has, which again, we haven't been out that long, but still like there's been no experience yeah, in my few years out of grad school that, you know, have been near equal to the feeling of, you know, having this, this constant safe space with these, um, wonderful, um, uh, I mean, I felt like wonderful, um, people like professors mm-hmm. who, um, really knew how to, um, kind of like call you out gently and catch you gently mm-hmm. and, you know, just kind of set you back down and you just kind of, you know, toddled, you know, yeah, like really. crazily away as you sort of tried to feel around as to what was going to happen next. Yeah. But yeah, it was, it was definitely like, um, intensive therapy for yes.
0: sure. Yeah. And then we all graduated and we were like, uh, <laughs> what, oh my what God. do we that do now <laughs> yeah
1: it was a grieving period um, yeah to go through that because well for one thing you're all like i think at that point you become like trauma bonded right yes. with everybody around you and um and it becomes this like for some of us i think for you and i both that it, it became like the safest space we'd ever known in our entire lives yeah um And when it was gone, it was, it was like, I don't know, I don't know, consciously, like we knew it was special, but like, I don't know if consciously, like we really knew how safe we were there. And then once it was over, it was like, that was the biggest gut punch. That was the grief. And the the depression spiral that I felt after grad school was just the loss of that safe community. It was hard. It was hard.
0: Really rough. It was hard. And you got married in the middle of grad school, right? Which is its own level of like... Wowza.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, for sure, for sure. Oh, gosh. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, and it was my second marriage, just for full clarity. Um, so that, you know, and one of our professors, um, Dr. Rackley, mm-hmm. if you're listening, calling you out, <laughs> um, kept, um, kept coming up to me and saying, are you sure you want to get married? Are you sure you want to get married? And from my little insecure heart, it just made me feel like, uh, I don't know, maybe, yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Um, But, yeah, I did get married, and um, I've been with my husband. This this December will be five years.
0: BB. Shout out to BB. That's
1: right. (laughs) Um, FYI, I could spend this whole episode just showering praise upon Allison. Oh, my gosh.
0: (laughs) You are too kind. You are so sweet. Well, it's true, though, because you know what? The thing that I love the most about us and our relationship is that you are so opposite from me. You, you really are. I mean, I call you my crockpot because you are a slow stewer. You take your time, you're intentional, you're not in a rush. You really like marinate on things. And I tend to be on broil and I'm getting better, but I'm not great at resting and I'm not great at slowing down. And Clayton, my husband is a lot like you. Um, and so you guys are so good for me in the sense that like even in grad school, I mean, grad school was obviously the most anxious time of my life. And you did a lot for me in the sense of calming me down and being, you're just a stable source. Like you just kind of are a stable source. And I just think it's kind of funny that we came together how we did and we are so different, but we balance each other, I think, pretty well. If I do say something yeah. myself. Yeah. Again, this whole episode can just be about our love for each other. And why <laughs> it's true. It's true. Everyone will just have to listen at our yeah. wax poetic. basket. it. Yes. Baskin it. So then after grad school, you guys stayed in Arkansas for a time, right?
1: Um, well, we weren't there very long. We quickly went to Oklahoma because my husband got a residency in um, Oklahoma City. And so we moved there very quickly after. Uh, actually, I had to finish grad school commuting.
0: Mm. Because we had that. Remember, we had that weird. Exercise. Oh, I blocked it out of my mind because I was so sad <laughs> that you weren't in Arkansas anymore. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So um, I was kind
1: of doing the commuting thing for a minute while we were finishing school up. Um, yeah, because uh, yeah, because of the, like the the last paper that you you did, or last project, you did. Like you came and had dinner at uh, my husband's uh, dad's house. Yes. Um, Yeah, and so we were living, I think we were already in, I think we were living with his dad at that point, um, in our, in our journey, no, we were in our, you can edit this out, but me rambling about where we were,
0: but you (laughs) know, we were living in our apartment because
1: you and Kelsey came
0: and stayed with us. Yes, Yeah. Yeah, girl. Um, That was real, I know, real life. Um,
1: (laughs) but, uh, yeah, so we went to Oklahoma quickly after that, um, we weren't there very long, um, but uh, my husband did his uh, first year residency. Um, he's a pharmacist, so um, you know one of their options is they can do one to two year residencies. He only did a one year, praise the Lord, because mm-hmm. I don't know if we would have survived two years. But yeah. um, one year, um, and then after that, we went to Seattle. Um,
0: so talk to so us yeah. a little bit about Oklahoma because we've we've already alluded to the fact that grad school was such an intense concentrated time where you had to deal with everything, but also you were lucky enough. Like We were lucky to be in a safe environment to be able to process all the stuff that we were learning, but also all the stuff that was coming up for us. And then we graduate and they send us out into the world and you're like, oh, (laughs) what am I supposed to do with everything? And so then you guys move from what's familiar to a town that's not familiar And your husband goes into residency. And so tell us a little bit about your time in Oklahoma. So,
1: yeah, um, Oklahoma was a hot mess to say the least. Um, We went from, like you said, this kind of like safe haven. And I, you know, I grew up in a town that was like really close to where we went to college. And I have a big family. And I grew up in the arms of this big family um, for all the pros and cons of that. Mm
0: -hmm. And,
1: um, so when we moved to Oklahoma City it was like we left I mean like everybody I knew was gone and the only people I knew in Oklahoma was or Oklahoma City was my husband's dad um which I love my husband's dad so you know there were worse things right <laughs> Worse people to be close to um but that was you know but that was it and um i it's like you know i went from having all this security all this comfort all the safety um to having nothing um and to make things worse my license took forever mm-hmm. to process in oklahoma so i couldn't start working until i was living there for almost five months mm-hmm. so for five months i was just sitting around um like i don't know watching endlessly watching um like parts unknown, Mm. um, RIP Anthony Bourdain. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. I can't even think about it still. Um, but, um, you know, and I just, I sort of, I sort of hit a wall of, um, like major depression, um, you know, and it didn't, and what made it worse is that my husband was also majorly depressed. Um, mean, I don't know if he would use those words specifically, but, um, I think it's, I think it's fair. I can, yeah. I can say that he was majorly depressed at the time too. And, um, his, you know, and it, for people who don't know anything about a residency, like you work all the time, um, and you get paid very little, um, cause pharmacists make, you know, decent money. But, um, when you're in a residency, you make very, very little, mm-hmm. um, in comparison to, and, uh, we were, you know, we just, I wasn't working and that wasn't the plan. And, um, so we were just financially strapped and he was stressed out all the time and he wasn't coping with his stress well. And so he had a lot of his own, um, stuff going on, but his stuff, as we've learned, you know, now in the future, (laughs) we've learned that his stuff triggers my stuff. Um, his, his inability to handle stress sometimes in a healthy way, um, triggers my, um, My, my uh I'm trying to think what the best term would be my reactivity um and my fear of abandonment and Mm -hmm. um and just abuse like feeling abused and even if I'm not physically or you know but like I feel even if there's like a raised voice I feel like you know internally I'm dying Mm. um which I'm learning now what that is but man at the time it felt like I was being beat up every day um -hmm. and he was just really stressed out but i felt like i was you know just like i was just spiraling Uh, and on top of that i was just really lonely i just didn't know anybody and i um you know didn't feel i don't know i just didn't feel okay Mm -hmm. um and i think that i think it was you actually allison was the first person to be like amanda i think you're depressed and i was like yeah, of course I am, Mm. (laughs) but like, I couldn't, but I couldn't see it, you know, I I could, it took a while for me to see, like, I was in a really bad place, um, you know, and on top of that, like, we were in Oklahoma, we were also thinking about, um, starting a family, and what that, what that, what that would mean for me, um, specifically because I am a woman who has PCOS, which means that I deal with infertility, um, so we were just going to the doctor to kind of, like, get that started. Um, you know, and so there was just a lot of, you know, gosh, just a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I And I would say that normally I describe Oklahoma as hell. Mm. Like, Oklahoma was hell for me. Um, you know, and I think now I've done enough work to be like, it was a hot mess. But, you know, emotionally at the time it felt like I was living in hell.
0: Mm. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I remember being a witness to that time and, and it was, it was very dark. It was a very dark time. And I think I just, I I just imagine it being like you're swirled around in this mess of stuff and then you're just spit out and you guys were spit out in Oklahoma and specifically for you, you were following your husband, you know, you were following his job, his residency, and you were trying to be submissive and diligent to that and like yield to that because you loved him and you were, you know, you were wanting him to have this thing and um, and I just remember that being a very, very challenging time for you guys. But I also remember being very proud of how you handled it because you talked, you know, you spoke up, you told people, you you said you weren't okay, and you did everything you knew to do to try to be okay. And you also stuck around, and I think that's, that's really <laughs> yeah. important. I mean, really, I think that's because yeah, I think a lot of times true. it's easy to... Well, and especially when you get married to someone who wasn't in the program and who, uh, it's not his fault that he didn't have to go through two years of intense therapy like we did. You know what I'm saying? Right. And yeah. so that can be very challenging, but I remember you navigating it with grace.
1: Uh, um, I appreciate that. I I definitely, um, I, I think I would tell you at, during that time that the privilege of being somebody that already went through a divorce, like... I knew that the one thing I wanted was to experience redemption in a marriage. Yeah. Um, so I didn't get that the first time around. And, um, I really wanted it with Brantley. Um, and you know, and, and Brantley for all the things that he struggled with, you know, he um, has this way of, he just keeps showing up
0: mm-hmm.
1: and, um, you know, he loves me immensely, which is not something I experienced in my first marriage. Um, and so I think that it was enough that it just kept me hopeful that, you know, if I just, if I stick around, you know, he's gonna, mm-hmm. he's gonna do something, you know, we're gonna, he really does want to be here, so he's gonna work on it, and he did, and, it, you know, it took time, but, um, I think that really gave me hope and just being, you know, and, you know, and believing, having faith, <laughs> gosh, Richard Rohr, um, mm-hmm. Richard Rohr saved my life during that time, um, Sitting, I remember, like, you introducing me to that pod, the You Made It Weird podcast with Mm -hmm. Pete Holmes, and, um, and you were like, I think you're gonna really like this guy, and I just remember, like, sitting in my, um, bedroom crying over this podcast, listening to this man talk, um, and it just, it changed my life. Like, connecting with Richard Rohr was one of the biggest saving graces of Oklahoma, because, it was this voice um, almost like the voices from our professors it was this voice that kept telling me like you're okay you're loved you're worthy um, and that really uh, I didn't know I needed that mm. until that time in my life and um, so that kind of became my mantra you're okay you're loved you're worthy um, and I think without that I don't know if I could have stayed in yeah. Oklahoma I, I i can't say that it I, I could have um, because I didn't feel loved, I didn't feel okay, I didn't feel safe, and I didn't feel worthy. Um, so I had to remind myself a lot. So
0: yeah. 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 I I remember that well. It was not my story, but I remember I remember that well. For sure. Mm, yeah. So that how girl, did, you were there. <laughs> yeah, you were girl. there. <laughs> so how did you guys get from Oklahoma to Seattle? Oh yeah.
1: So um talk about like following following my husband um well Bramley was miserable in um Oklahoma for a lot of reasons um but like after the residency was coming near an end and we were thankfully getting into a better place um hashtag therapy
0: right shout out therapy that's right <laughs> um
1: but uh, you know he was still miserable in, in Oklahoma and the opportunities for him to do what he wanted to do were not there And, um, I mean, now at this time I was working and, um, I had made friends and we were going to a church, a church I didn't love, but, uh, the people I loved there. And, um, I, saw I'm getting in contact with some of the friends I made from going to that church. Um, and, uh, so, and I was working at an agency that I really loved. I was working with people that I really loved. Um, they were just glorious Sparkling humans that were just like loving on me and taking me under their wing and really supportive. And but you can't ask for better, um, right. you starting out. And, um, so when he wanted to move, right when I was starting to feel adjusted, I was really upset. Yeah. Um, because I was like this, you know, son of a bitch. You yeah. know? But, um, sorry. Can we
0: cast on this podcast? <laughs> sure. Go for it. <laughs> but, I mean, it hasn't happened yet, but uh, it'll at some point, but, um, <laughs>
1: But, uh, so I had to go through like a lot of like, oh my God. But I also was like, you know, if we're going to do it, if we're going to make some crazy move, like now's the time. And, um, he looked at, he talked at first about us going to Illinois and I was like, um, I'd rather die. Thank you. <laughs> um, you know, cause there's no, there's like no trees and, and it's like, and I don't live in Chicago. Like, yeah. oh my God, no. Um, but then Seattle came up, and um, he said he was in Olympia, which is a city in Washington State. And he said he said he was um he I think he like was at like one of like one of the top floors of a building, and he looked out. And he saw this big beautiful mountain range and um, all these beautiful tall green trees. And he just he said, you know, he said for the first time he felt like you know Amanda would be happy here mm-hmm. uh, because he knows my heart. Like I I can't be in an urban jungle. Like I need to have trees and nature I need to be able to feel grounded um or I'm just gonna I don't know probably wither away but Mm -hmm. um so he he calls me he sends me pictures and he and it's really it meant a lot to me that um he just saw us somewhere and it wasn't just about where he wanted to be it was about where he saw us and um that was really powerful for me and it was really all I needed and I was like okay well I'm like if you I trust you like let's go and and he ended up getting a job in Seattle, and um, we picked an apartment online and came here. Yeah, <laughs> which was exciting. Um, yeah, but yeah, and
0: yeah. it's been how long have you guys been there? Two years?
1: Two years, yeah. I mean, um, we moved here in July. I, yeah, because it was right by his right around his birthday that we moved here. So um, yeah, and it's we are past July, so
0: we are yeah. two years in. Wow. So you've got these experiences where you're in Arkansas, which is where you're from, but we'll call it, we won't count that part right now. But you're in Arkansas, and you're in grad school, and you're going through this intense time. And then you move to Oklahoma, and you're going through another intense time, but it's different, and it feels like a different kind of intensity. And then you move to Seattle, and I think it's been maybe a little intense, but not as intense, or differently intense, we'll say. Um, yeah. But you've also, I mean, I think every step of the way, you've had a very different life experience than the one before, and I know in Seattle, you've really jumped into something that maybe you weren't as vocal about before, or you haven't done as much ex- like stuff with before. So tell us a little bit about your life in Seattle. Yeah, so um, you're right, like
1: every, every step, There has been, like, a crazy intensity of some sort going on. Um, You know, and I would say that intensity intensity of Oklahoma is what made me feel confident that, you know, we could survive Seattle.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um,
1: And uh, when we got here, initially, the biggest um, struggle was just adjusting to the constant stimuli of Seattle. Um, You know, we lived in the Central District, which is near downtown. And it was loud. We had an apartment right by the street. I wish we had an amazing view. We could see Mount Rainier, which is this beautiful mountain uh, that you can see from like hundreds and hundreds of miles away, um, and. Like kind of like you know the the, the Safe coast Stadium and um, so we had like an interesting view and but it was just so loud yeah. and everywhere you drove there were people just I always like talk about the wandering humans in Seattle <laughs> that just wander across the street and you know the bikers and you know um, mm-hmm. I just I was overwhelmed by all of it I didn't drive for the first um, six months I just took the bus everywhere. Um, which thank so so thankful for mass transit because yeah. I don't I just would have been a hermit. Mm. Um, you know, so that was like the biggest like getting used to just like what it is like to be in a city. But my saving grace um in Seattle is my my dear friend Erin, um, who is also from Arkansas. Yeah. Um, she moved out here about eight years before me, um, so she was definitely here long before I showed up. Um, and she came on here for grad school, um, and we didn't like we didn't really keep up with each other. We knew each other in high school. Um, I liked her in high school, um, but like we weren't best friends or anything like that. Um, but when we moved out here, I sent her a message and was like, "Hey, I know you're in Seattle. I'm coming to Seattle. I'd love to get with you." And um, when that finally happened it was like, um, I don't know, like, love at second sight, I guess,
0: (laughs) like,
1: um, it was uh, getting with her, and, you know, we just, I don't know, it's like, I, I just immediately just, like, fell in love with the person she had become, like, after, like, you know, I mean, I loved her before in high school, but, like, Knowing her now, like you know, time does things to people, and mm-hmm. somebody you liked in high school, you can meet them now and be like, Well, you suck. That's unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Erin just was lovely and amazing, and um, she had space in her heart for me, and that made the biggest difference. Um, just meeting Erin and Erin, um, I should say reconnecting with Erin, not meeting Erin, <laughs> but it feels like I just kind of met uh-huh. her. But, um, but Erin was already kind of plugged into, um, the body positive community a little bit in Seattle, which, um, body positivity is, um, basically a movement that says like all bodies are good. Um, all bodies are good bodies. Mm-hmm. And, um, for me, when, um, I met Erin, like the thing that she, she was going to a, uh, clothing swap. And this was a little, this was a little while after I moved there. Um, and she was going to this body positive clothing swap and um, she invited me to go with her, uh, you know, which I had no idea what I was doing. I just hopped in a car with her because I'm like, yes, I trust you with my life. Take me anywhere. <laughs> um, and um, she drives me to this stranger's house and she's like, here we are. And I'm like, where are we? <laughs> uh,
0: like, where are we?
1: Swap at this person's house. I'm like, oh, shit, we're going to somebody's house. Um, yeah, yeah and um but you know it, it was a life-changing experience because it was like maybe 15 20 fat women um who were just there swapping clothes and I just I never felt so safe and comfortable and honestly accepted among women um you know and that's uh, it's hard for me to say it because like, you know, I love you, and I have, I'm very fortunate to have some really good girlfriends from high school that I've known forever, and, um, you know, but I've am i always had better experiences with women, like, one-on-one or in a small group, like, once I'm in a big group of women, I always felt like a weirdo, oddball, um, you know, I'm, I'm really, I'm six feet tall, I'm, um, so I'm tall, I'm, Fat. I'm hairy. I've, I've always felt more masculine than feminine in a lot of ways, stereotypically, um, you know. So coming into body positivity with these women who were like, you know, you're okay as you are, and there were women there of, um, that were like you know, that really, you know, loved makeup and were, like, really fashionable, and there were other women there that, you know, were just, you know, and, I I don't know, just hippies and uh, just, you know, people that were just, you know, like, classy, it just, it was all different types of women, Um, and it was, it was really, I don't know, I just, I've never felt so safe in a community, I never felt so much like it was okay for me to be me, Um, and that's Mm. kind of where it started.
0: Yeah, uh, really? <laughs> Which it's been so fun to watch you blossom because I think that statement, what you just said, I've never felt like it was okay to just be me. I've never felt so safe right. to do that. I think that that's sort of the message here that, you, that has followed you from Arkansas to Seattle because in Arkansas, you know, born and raised there, you went through some things there, you mentioned your first marriage. And I think maybe until grad school, and, and correct me if I'm making a bold statement, but maybe until grad school you hadn't <laughs> fully felt like there was a place where you could be safe and be you. And then you experience a taste of that and then move to Oklahoma where it's almost like whiplash. You're like, Oh, uh, I don't know how to deal with this. And then you guys moved to Seattle, which was better, but still just this sense of like, who am I and where can I be safe? And so then you enter into this body positivity movement and I have seen you blossom because it seems like for the first time in a lot of ways, you really are finding kind of your space in the world so talk to us a little bit more about, because I know you've got a podcast and you've got Instagram and you're like doing the thing. So tell us, tell mm-hmm. us what you're doing.
1: Yeah. So, um, Erin and I started after the, after the, the clothing swap we went to, Erin and I had talked for a while, about starting a podcast together. Um, and, uh, after the clothing swap, we looked at each other and we were like, this is what, <clears throat> excuse me, this is what we need to talk about. Um, body positivity, um, which that also rolls into fat acceptance, which rolls into fat liberation. Um, and we had this inside joke where we called each other fat faces, um, which I do want to say for, um, you know, I'm from the South and there's, and unless it's changed, which I haven't been gone that long, y'all, um, <laughs> there's, uh, there was no such thing as body positivity in the South. And the idea of calling yourself fat was very insulting. So I do want to say, like, for, for women or men alike out, out there who might listen to this podcast that are living in the South and who have never heard of it, um, I, when I say fat, I mean it in a positive way. I don't mean it, it's a taking back the word sort of way, not mm-hmm. a, I'm not trying to demean myself. Sure. I just want to make sure that that's clear. Yeah, thank um, you. But yeah, we, so we had this joke, we called each other fat faces. And when we decided to do a podcast about body positivity and just living as a fat person and what that, um, and basically like, you know, the statement of, Hey, look what we can do, everything.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) And,
1: uh, we immediately went to like, Oh, we need to call the podcast like fat face feelings.
0: Mm -hmm. Um
1: because, yeah, we're both fat faces, and we have feelings about it, so um,
0: <laughs> that's the name of it. So Which y'all's little yeah. logo is I Just Die. It's so cute. <laughs> it's so um, cute. The logo was designed
1: by one of my really good friends, um, Cynthia, and she has a, um, she actually is local to you. She's in Circe mm-hmm. and she owns a kind of an online, and uh, I guess you was online studio called it's Mimi Lee's boutique, mm-hmm. um, where she makes all kinds of amazing things. And she's also, um, an amazing hairstylist and, um, I miss having her magic fingers on my hair every day. <laughs> um, but,
0: uh, but yeah, she designed the logo for us and it's adorable. It um, is adorable. It's one of our
1: favorite things for sure. But yeah, fat face feelings and it just sort of, um, being having this this thing between here and i sort of um did a few things it pushed us into the community which the fat positive community in seattle is not huge um which is sort of interesting but like the, the community in portland is humongous um, mm-hmm. there's stuff going on all the time but the um fat positive body positive community in seattle is not that big yet And suddenly we find ourselves the feet of all these people that are, you know, trying to grow the community, and we sort of kind of jumped in feet first, (laughs) heads first. I'm not sure our whole bodies in it. Yeah, there you go. And um, we, um, like you know, this coming actually tomorrow, we have our first event that we're hosting. Yeah, um, that's I called a chunky dump. Yeah. so we are, yeah, we're just in it. We have a podcast that's released every other Tuesday. Um, and you can find us um, on Instagram at Fat Face Feelings or go online at fatfacefeelings.com. Um, so, I mean, like, we were shocked that nobody took that already. <laughs> yeah. domain, but we got it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. And we just, we basically, um, you know, just talk about, gosh, we just, Mostly, it's kind of like, you know, it's just like kind of what we've been doing. Like it's just two people who really care about each other who have this like common thing and they just talk about it. Mm-hmm. And we, we really wanted to, cause we're both so, um, Erin's been in, been in the journey longer than I have, but we both just kind of wanted to make it almost like an open diary. Like we're not claiming to be experts, but we're just people that are trying to newly process like what it means to, um, accept your body um, love your body and um, what that looks like in living in the world as a as a fat person. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been really interesting, really yeah. interesting. Yeah.
0: So where do y'all see? Like, where do you see? Because for now, you're in Seattle for the time. I mean, we there's no plan necessarily to leave at this point, unless I can convince you to follow me everywhere I go. <laughs> so you guys right. are staying there. So what is your hope or dream? Like, what's your? We won't call it a five year plan. What's your like? two-year plan what do you see body positivity really being the thing you focus your energies on or like where do you see it going
1: yeah I think Erin and I really want to at some point make a um some type of business um like that we can actually um do this full time um not necessarily just podcasting but um doing events creating safe spaces um you know um just being more involved um you know, we, we have this idea for creating um, like logos that can be screen, screen printed onto t-shirts so every person can have, um, you know, a t- have like a cool shirt,
0: you know, mm-hmm. like that
1: way you don't have to like go buy a shirt that you don't know if it's going to fit you. A lot of fat people struggle with that because um, sizing is weird. It doesn't make any sense.
0: Right. Right. <laughs>
1: Uh, so, you know, we have, like, kind of ideas that we're always floating around with each other that we really want to do. Right now, we both have full-time jobs, and, um, you know, we have to pay bills, obviously, so um, we'd love to, we would love to start, uh, you know, because, as you said before, like, our backgrounds in marriage and family therapy, and, you know, I'd love to get, um, as I do, as I do my work, because I think that's really important, as we learn in grad school, like, you can't take anybody as far as you've gone, yourself, and, um, I just want to make sure that I do the work that I need to do first before I just jump in and say, hey, I'm an expert, come to me. Yeah. Um, so something that, you know, I'm interested in doing is um, working on, like, body trust, mm. uh, which is something that looms large in my life, that yeah. work I have to do. And, um, you know, and one of the things I'm working on right now is um, it's just intuitive eating. Um, as, I'm, as I'm dealing with my trauma, um, dealing with, um, you know, the effects of complex PTSD, um, my my fun mm-hmm. thing that my therapist says I struggle with that I'm still processing. Yeah. Um, while I'm doing that, I'm also learning about intuitive eating, which I got to say, I think intuitive eating um, is really saving my life. Like therapy and intuitive eating are really like just Changing the game for me and how I just live every day um, because I'm a food addict, um, and you know I I struggle with having a healthy relationship with food and um, just having a healthy relationship with my body, and so all this work is just really um, it's really needed, and it's something that I need to get I want to do before really moving on to doing anything else because I don't think anything is sustainable if we don't do the work.
0: Oh yeah. That's yes. That statement right there is all of life.
1: <laughs> yeah, girl, it is for real. I mean, like we could do it. You know, Erin and I are both intelligent, ambitious, and you know we love working with people. Um, so we could do anything, but it's the sustainability. Um yeah. You know, and it's when I mean, when you talk about nourishing people, like I think that uh, if you can't, you have to nourish yourself first um, before you can nourish someone else. Um, you know, and that's that's really important to us, that whatever we do moving forward, that we're not just haphazardly um, trying to (laughs) lead people somewhere that we haven't gone yet.
0: Sure. Well, I'm proud of you as ever. I mean, it's always fun to watch your journey. You teach me a lot. You're very wise, and you really do handle things with such grace, and I know that it's hard, and you're going through a lot of stuff right now that's um, very complicated and very hard, (laughs) very burdensome, but... You really do never stop trying. I mean, you really are always pushing through. And I think that's just... When I look back on your story, you know, again, I've only been friends with you for four years or so, but still, it's just... It's been really um, enlightening to watch you process through different things. And even now, you know, you're a long way from home, but you have made the most of it. And you and Brantley have really done good work, and I feel like you're in a pretty good place, and, and you guys are always pushing through. And I think that's just... The story of your life and I could talk to you for 15 episodes on just the way that you have um, processed well. And so I'm very proud of you and it's fun to watch you. And I think it's important. I think you have a lot to offer people who um, maybe both because we've we've sort of touched on two different paths of your life. But for people who maybe are in a, a tough marriage or in a tough spot or in a city they don't like or in a situation they don't like and they don't know how to handle it. And also for people who are um, struggling with body image, or intuitive eating, or PTSD, or any of that. I mean, I think you can touch on that, and I think you're a good place to go, even though you're not an expert. Sometimes what we we need is a friend. We don't always need an expert. I mean, I'm not saying, like yeah. if you need help, go get help. But, you know, if it, sometimes we just need someone that will shine a light um, one step in front of our path, and I think that you're a good person for that. Oh, thank you.
1: Yeah, and I, and I, I totally agree. I think that, um, me too is a really powerful statement. And I know that it's been, um, you know, the movement that's kind of behind the hashtag Me Too. Um, you know, but I think the power behind Me Too is that um, just to know that you're not alone.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, and, and you're not. Um, and that's probably one, one of mine and Erin's biggest goals with doing the podcast and being people from Arkansas is that we just really want to um, get the message to the South that, you know... <sighs> You're okay, and there's so many other people out there that are just like you that are trying to figure this thing out, and, um, you know, there's a community. There's a community here for you, and Mm. you don't have to do this alone. And, yeah, obviously, do the work, get the help, you know, find your liberation. I mean, that's what me and Erin are working towards is, you know, they call it fat liberation, or, you know, and even if you don't identify as fat, it's just liberation. I mean, you know, finding the freedom um, that we're – that kind of – to bring it, you know, to the biblical terms, finding heaven on earth, I mean, like, that is, like, I feel very biblical, um, mm-hmm. but I also feel it's just, uh, humans need it, you know, yeah. we need to feel free while we're living, I mean, life's short, like, I'm only 32, but I, I feel like all the time, I'm like, you know, life is short, I spent the first, major, you know, chunk of my 32 years of life feeling insecure, scared lonely, unsafe, um traumatized and um you know, I I don't plan to spend the next 30 years
0: like mm. that. Yeah, what a powerful statement. So what's nourishing you now, baby girl?
1: Girl, oh my gosh, there's so right now I am um it's it's a difficult type of nourishment, but I would say that the biggest thing that's nourishing me is therapy. Yeah. Um it's you know it it really just um it me and my husband see um our wonderful therapist um and we're just we feel so fortunate to have found him um so we could continue doing our work and continue um growing as a couple and growing together and it's just been amazing and he's been great for us and my little uh insecure traumatized heart just you know just needs it, <laughs> mm. so there's nothing, nothing more nourishing to me right now than just um, feeling like, you know, once a week I go and have. Um, I always, I always describe it as having demons exercised out of me. Mm. Um, but that's how it feels. It's really painful, and it can be um, really difficult to experience in the moment. But you know, afterwards, I just, I always feel a little bit lighter, and I feel like I have a little more clarity and. Um, it just really makes me feel, I don't know, I I think like a whole person, like it makes me feel connected Mm. and grounded, you know, and that's really nourishing to me.
0: Yeah. Well, you're nourishing to me and I have loved talking to you. This has been such a delight. I can't believe it's already time. I mean, it's, I could talk to you for days because you have a lot of, of good things to say, lots of wisdom. I always learn something from you and It's just such a delight to watch you and to be a part of your life. And I think you're doing really good things for a lot of people.
1: Thank you, Al Pal. I feel the same. You know that.
0: You're the best. You're the best. I hope you guys enjoyed our talk today. I definitely loved it. The time went so fast. I think Amanda has so many good things to say. And um, I know I'm going to have her back because there's just... Within everything she mentioned, there's so much more to talk about and I, the way that she handles life and her marriage and being faithful and figuring out how to be a fat woman in the world and body positivity and really anything. Amanda has wisdom on every subject and so we are definitely gonna have her back. You can find her on Instagram at, at worthyflame. Flame is flame in a fire flame. I'll put this all in the show notes. And you can also find her body positivity movement with her friend Erin at Fat Face Feelings on Instagram, and I believe they have a website as well. I'll tag that below. Hope you guys have an awesome rest of your week.